Podcasting. The PSJs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours talking sports and appreciate you carving out some of your morning here to spend with us on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Uh, towards the bottom of the hour, just after that probably, in all likelihood, uh, we're going to hear from Gary Swenson, the head coach at Valley. Trent spoke with him yesterday in advance of his broadcast, so we'll play what uh, we hope to play what Tom Wilson and Gary Swenson had to say, but the Gremlins got to Tom uh, Wilson, yes, apparently. Yes. The audio, anyways. The audio Gremlins. So, yeah, we're looking to hopefully uh, get Coach on again and, and talk about what happened against Indianola, but talk uh, about the rivalry. It's such a great moment. It's such a great game every single Could have year. Been nationally televised, Trent, that yeah. in a second. Yes. Uh, Some news a, there. That, that's a big news story. I, I had, and I guess I didn't even look at it that way, but we'll get to that here in just a moment. If you did, you were one of the few, because I had not heard a peep about that. Anyway, not that I'm the be-all, end-all when it comes to things <laughs> going on around us. Uh, so we will talk, uh, well, we'll hear from Gary Swenson. We're also going to take a look at the Kentucky Derby. Dick Girardi's covered the Derby in, for, for forever. Uh, he's sponsored by, so what did, one of the online wagering yep. companies reached out to you? Yes, uh, Bet Online. Mm-hmm. So this is where I get a lot of those kind of goofy odds that we sometimes talk talk about it's a guy named jimmy shapiro yep. who you think you you does said a lot of props does a lot of props yep. and he does work with that online organization betonline.ag and you'll see this a lot so they're an offshore property they are an offshore property so oh yes uh, that's so why would dick girardi be involved with that because it just screws the horse player it screws the horseman oh really the, yes big time how so help fill me in because okay so no, <laughs> we're really going down a rabbit hole yeah, that yeah. our audience could care less about. But maybe. Yeah, right, I think so it's anyway. interesting. All right, so licensed ADWs have to have an agreement with the track. I'll use Prairie Meadows. Uh-huh. So if you're, it's legal to bet on horse racing, perfectly legal to bet on horse racing on your computer in, I think, 40, roughly 40 states. Okay. Roughly 40 states. Can't Nebraska, can't do anything in Nebraska, uh, but you can here. Uh, and I have for, for over 20 years now. So ADW's advanced deposit wagering started late 1990s. And you can deposit. It's like a bank account. You put money in your bank account. Then you log on and you can get whatever tracks racing that day that mm-hmm. that ADW has an agreement with. And in order to have an agreement with that track, they have to pay a percentage. It's called takeout. A percentage of the takeout to that track. The offshore accounts circumvent the oh, horsemen in okay. this. Gotcha. They book the bets. Mm-hmm. They don't... Chris Williams got burned. Remember the oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. When he hit a huge, huge price mm-hmm. that if he would have bet it legally, not saying he broke, not broke the law, but you know what I mean? If yeah, he would have yeah. bet with a company based in the United States or made that long journey from Bondurant to Altoona, <laughs> right. he would have... It cost him thousands of dollars right. because they kept the, uh, they, they cap the winnings. Instead of sending the money through the tote mm-hmm. into the track's existing pools, they book it. 
I don't like this. <laughs> I, if I had no idea he was from an offshore account, but yeah. we'll have him on. Yeah. I'm surprised he's doing that. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. A privately held. Um, uh, so we'll pick his brain. Look, we'll find out who he likes. He's mm-hmm. a really good handicapper. I don't know. We need him this year because Tis the Law is an overwhelming favorite. Really? Overwhelming favorite. I think he towers over the competition. But look, Secretary got beat. <laughs> okay. Are you right? Yeah. They all get beat at some point. Um, and that's why the other 17 horses are in the race. They're hoping Tis the Law has a bad day. They're not machines. They have off days just like... You and I have off days. It'll be good to also get an outsider perspective of our local horse, yeah. if you will, and uh, see what, what he thinks about that, because mm-hmm. we're all wrapped up in it a little bit more. I think that this this horse, to me, Thousand Words is his name, uh, has, at least the, leading up to the Derby, I thought Patio Prado was going to win. Yeah. I really did. I was there in time. Third? Finished third. Um, I was there to watch his last workout. He just looked like... He's peaking at the exact right moment. I thought Crawford and that whole group of Iowans were going to dip their toe in the Derby waters for the very first time and come out a winner. And it's been tough to get back, and they're still trying. Wet track that day, right? It was. It was a sloppy. It was a quagmire. It was terrible. And the winner and Patio Prado both went for the same hole. Both were gearing up at the precisely the right time, just as they turned for home. And a horse called Super Saver got the hole first. Patio Prado had to slam on the brakes, alter course, and went around and ran on to be third. I thought he was going to win. But to my point, I think that this horse has the second best chance. I feel the second most confident of, of, of the Iowa-owned horses we've seen in this century. Tis the law. What is he going to go off of? Oh, short price. You, you won't One get to two? Much. Eh, maybe, yeah. Even with this many horses. Yeah. He's just, he just towers above okay. him, Trent. He's unbelievable. So uh, we'll we'll and we're going to hear from Jason Luch, uh, one of the owners of Thousand Words, the racing manager tomorrow. But Dick Girardi today. Then we'll play the hits in the eleven o'clock hour. Football. That's college football, and that's NFL. NFL with Vinny Iyer first. He's got his yearly projections posted today. Timing is everything. We've got a very timely guest in Vinny Hour from the Sporting News. In fact, it's kind of Sporting News Sporting News Hour, as Bill Bender, who covers college football, will slide on in here at eleven twenty-five. And we'll talk college football and the Big Ten with Bill Bender. Sir Yacht's been busy. <laughs> For people the, that don't know Sir Yacht, he is the uh, podcaster extraordinaire from Ohio State. And he has built his Twitter account, Trent. Yeah. There are people, I think there's people following him more so begging that he'll be right. Right. Just hoping beyond Just, words. Right. And if he is correct, and he's one of these guys that's being fed from Ohio State coaches, I'm convinced, Dan Patrick likewise, because it's the coaches that started this ball rolling, and the athletic directors apparently jumped on board. Please don't bring Kevin Warren into this conversation. He has nothing to do with it other than to announce the decision, yay or nay. Just like I, there's people out there, I, if you believe that Kevin Warren's the badass for doing this, then you would believe if the NFL shut down, that despite the 32 owners, it was Roger Goodell and only Roger Goodell who said, no NFL. Not Jerry Jones, he didn't have anything to do with it. Kevin Warren's the spokesman. The presidents and the chancellors will decide this, and if Suriat is right, they'll decide by tomorrow, right? That is what he is saying. This is uh, his... Latest big news on his Twitter t- account at Sir Yacht. This is who we're following. Right. <laughs> big Ten wants to make an announcement by the end of the week to finalize a plan to start Big Ten fall football season on October 12th per source. It will be a 10 game season. Sources also confirm that as of now, Rutgers, Northwestern, Illinois, and Maryland 
will not participate. Good. So they'll be out. Out. Hmm. Okay. Now, if you're going to play a 10-game schedule, That's 10 teams are playing. Right. He's playing somebody twice. Is that Nebraska? Okay. Put them at the front, put them at the back. Okay. Bookend? Let's do it. I'm in. One in Lincoln. What, well, they, you know what? If they're playing in October, they're not going under a roof. They're playing in, uh, I would think, anyways, mm-hmm. in home venues, right? Yes, yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Sir Yacht, fingers crossed. Don't know what's going to happen. Young man, yeah. I hope you are right. Boy, do I ever. So I think everybody does, Trent. Yeah. I really do. Okay, so let's get to the news of the day. Mike Mahon, within the last hour, tweeted this little nugget, and I want to get it in front of me because I did not see this story. I had not heard about this story. I hadn't seen it anywhere on Twitter. Again, um, just because it gets by me doesn't mean it's not happening. Right? <laughs> but Mike Mahon... Uh, put out there that I want to get the exact tweet. Do you have it? I do, yeah. Friday's Iowa High School Athletic Association football game between longtime rivals West Des Moines Valley and Dowling Catholic was originally scheduled to be televised on ESPN before Dowling, the home team, nicks the deal 10 days ago. From what I've heard, they so were. So you knew about this? I did, yeah. I, I've known uh, over, well over a week. Mm hmm. That they were, Dowling was asked, and Valley was asked, can we televise this game by ESPN? They wanted to televise ESPN the game. ESPN National. Big national, ESPN? Yeah, yeah, and it might be on you know the Deuce or you, but, but yeah, it was going to be broadcast television. It was going to be on one of the ESPN, not an ESPN Plus deal or anything like that, right. on an ESPN channel. They were asked, but says here, originally scheduled to be televised, that's not, a, that's not the way that I am. Well, ESPN was coming. They asked if they could. Right, but they were willing to come. They were willing to come, yes. Because Mike Mahon and... So they hire stringers. They don't bring in a crew from Connecticut, yeah. right? It's not just a bunch of people right. that are in Connecticut. And then My guess is Pat Hurley does a, for Mediacom. Mm-hmm. He gets hired to do a lot of these things. Sure. I don't know if it would have been the Mediacom crew would have been hired to do some of these things. But Mike Mahon, formerly the SID at Drake during the Keno Davis era, well, p- prior to that, but his phone got real busy. He was like the uh, the Maytag repairman. Mm-hmm. You know, no media was calling him prior to the Keno run. And, and then his phone was ringing off the hook. But Mike's still involved. He's, he's been to numerous Olympics, and this is what he does, right? He's mm-hmm. uh, uh, he sports information. You see him on see him at, in Ames a lot in the winter months. You see him in Iowa City a lot. Um, he's, he's a stringer in, in his retirement, yeah. if you will. And he was one of the local people that were going to be hired by ESPN to broadcast this game and Dowling and you think Valley as well yeah. you think it was a joint decision I think, it, I think a conversation was had by between both sides but if Dowling wanted to and Valley wouldn't have could Dowling have said look it's our home game yeah. we're doing it yes they could have okay yeah. they, the rights are theirs mm-hmm. they also know that the games are already broadcast now it's broadcast on YouTube with CISN mm-hmm. but want to keep it local ESPN. yeah Want to keep it local, and I think there was concern out there, really on both sides, that what was going to be the story of this? Is it was it going to just be about the great rivalry? There would be three stories. There would be that. Mm-hmm. There would be the the how many fans would be in the stands? Yes, and that would be it. Iowa being one of the states that are playing. Yep, and one of the hot spots in the world mm-hmm. per capita wise, and then transfers. Yeah, 
And they didn't want the focus on transfers? I, I think those are the two big reasons, those last two. I think the rivalry aspect would be taken away. Mm-hmm. The seven consecutive championships for Dowling, the crosstown rival that's trying to catch them, and Gary Swenson himself with five championships. Well, those would be talking points we would remember as a... As a uh, somebody just t- tuning in in other parts of the mm-hmm. country, they would hear for the first time that Iowa's got all these kids that have come into play. Yeah, which I understand. I You don't want those extra distractions, I don't think, when... But the game's going on. It's going on, but what more goes into it? What more needs to be done from the Dowling perspective? What more needs to be done with these kids? I mean, are you talking about interviews before the games? You think of production meetings even for college football. Mm-hmm. And those Friday meetings we always hear about is the players get together and the coaches sit there and whatever the TV crew is and you're giving them an hour. Mm-hmm. Is that something that so you think you're they, they to want to bring in a transfer to and ask them what went into their decision? Probably. And again, the distraction. I think yeah, really is that's that the worth biggest it to component. to give up national TV though. What do they get out of it? Because I've heard some numbers. What that's ESPN? A fair point. What do they get out of it? It's not like you can bring kids in and rec- it's not going to help recruiting, right? What would you do that allegedly? What would you guess ESPN would pay Dowling Catholic for the rights to this game? You know what, Trent? That's an awesome question. Uh, do you know? I have an idea. Oh, so, but you don't know for sure what I don't know the exact number, but it was significantly lower than I anticipated. Uh-huh. I was thinking 20, 25, something like that. I, would, I wouldn't even uh, uh, put a guess forward. I don't know. Thousands? Mm-hmm. Couple? And they would have split that? Probably, yeah. But no, no, would they have been able to keep that? Would have gone to the Iowa High School Athletic Association? That's another good question. I don't know. Does, does the boys of Boone have the budgets? Yeah, this year? they have their hand out. Does a, a portion of that need to go to them? Would they have approved this? Were they okay with national TV coming in? Another question I don't know the answer to. See, this story, Trent, yeah. I don't think anybody other than you <laughs> and kept it to yourself. Yeah. Nice job. So, sorry about that. <laughs> and Mike Mahon who was scheduled to work this game, mm-hmm. so he stumbled into it. Did Cody Goodwin write about this? No, I didn't see anything. Could have been um, ESPN. Did I... the Football Friday Night crew know about this? No, no. This is news to everybody. Yeah. Valley Dowling was going to be on national TV. Our states, is it fair to say, yes. I don't want to piss off anybody in Eastern part of the no, state. No, Our state's biggest For a long time, school... it was Iowa City, yeah, City High against right. Iowa City West. That's right. not the case anymore. It's Valley Dowling now. It is. Um, and our, the state's biggest game could have been shown on... One of the ESPN yeah. channels, and they said no because they were they didn't want the, the broadcast to focus on the transfers coming into our state. They were more than willing to take them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that's not the best look. <laughs> yeah, sure, come on here, but just let's keep it down. <laughs> let's not tell anybody. And the COVID thing would have come up for sure. It would have, yeah. It was, and, and then, you know, couple that with just up the road names. They decided they were going to have 25,000 people. Then 48 hours later, they uh, backtrack on that. Well, and then you got the other components too. All right. So this is technically a Dowling home game. So mm-hmm. Dowling gets the home side. They get a lot more stands and yep. with it, a lot more tickets available. Mm-hmm. On the other side, the visitor side is where the limited number of well, Valley better on TV, though. parents would have been. Yeah. But. You know, last week, Valley, with their home game against Roosevelt, there were dozens of other pictures. of high school kids yeah. that didn't get tickets to the game because they were sold out, just standing behind the fence over there by the church there and watching the game there. were a number of stadiums, Trent, that had that. And, and that probably would have been Ankeny? a Ankeny? Did you see it at Ankeny? Because yeah. there, there's an opportunity, I think. Isn't there a fence area? There is. a little more difficult it's there. It's distanced. Yeah, yeah. So it's a ways away. But... Would that have become a story? Well, look at these kids. They're not social distancing. Mm-hmm. Look at these parents that didn't get in, these families, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. 
I think there were a lot of negatives to it. The positives in any other year. Oh, come on in. Come on right. in. But this year, because there are so many extras going into it, I at least understand the decision. Yeah. I'll be there. And you can hear the game right here on the KXNO at 11 o'clock with the replay. And also working on a live link for people that want to hear myself and Adam Benz with the call. Uh, we'll also have a live audio link that you can find. Also, CISN had some issues with their servers last week. Right. Rest of the season. So free people. Free on YouTube. No cost. The rest of the season for all the games CISN will be doing, just go to YouTube, search Central Iowa Sports Network or CISN, and you'll find the links to the games. They have Walkie Southeast Polk this week, or Ankeny Walkie this week, Southeast Polk, Ankeny Centennial, and of course the Valley Dowling game. You can find them all there on CISN and, and you updates say here. You're working on a link for where? Uh, just to listen to our audio live as it's happening. Uh, on, not on KXNL.com. Well, we'll, we'll get, we'll have a link there. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It gotcha. won't be. Listen now, kind of streaming, because okay. that'll be you. the Football Friday Night Show. Right. It'll just be a separate link for people want to catch the action as it's happening, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully I'll have that finalized here this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you got some work to do. I do. <laughs> are we? Are they? So many people hearing this for the first time? No, no. Th- okay, that's, good. That, that's all on my end. That this is me kind of figuring things out. Yeah. No, it's nothing. I mean, it's literally sending a link over to AD. Hey, can you put this on the website? <laughs> that's very simple. It's actually the logistics on my end. I'm making sure I get that live gotcha. link working. Plenty of work on that end of things. Well, interesting story, no doubt yes. about that. Very interesting. Um, Valley Dowling could have been televised. What will they get out of it? That's a great question. What would they have got out of it? Spotlight on our state. Mm-hmm. Spotlight on, on the, the rivalry. rivalry. Seven straight championships yeah. for Dowling. Yeah, in the big school class, something unprecedented. Would have been think, cool. I think um, if you're going to take the transfers, you can't put your head in the sand, <laughs> right? <laughs> And pretend it's not happening. And pretend it's not happening. Exactly. I get the COVID angle, the transfer angle. I I would be um, disappointed if that was the major major um, reasoning that went into the decision. All right, so let's move on. We'll hear from Gary Swenson. Uh, Trent spoke with him yesterday in advance of the game that you may hear on KXNO.com on the link if Trent figures yes, it out. Yes, yes. Uh, but well, there'll be plenty of other opportunities you can hear at eleven o'clock if um, at the very least. So. Bert Blylevin, we've talked a lot about him in the last month. How crazy. It really is, because I was, you know, as I've said, you're not a big fan of the broadcast of, of Bert. He's kind of... Mailed it in. Mailed it the in. The last few yeah. years, yeah. Um, and we've talked about because I like the broadcast. It kind of fits like, uh, what's that expression? Fits like an old something. I don't remember what it Old is. shoe? Okay, old shoe. Uh, and he came back. He worked for a couple of weeks. And then last night, out of the blue... It came out yesterday afternoon. He tweets right. out late in the day, though, like around four o'clock. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, that this is his last game in front of the microphone. That he's going to be an ambassador for the team, mm-hmm. which is a nothing job. It's you know it's great. They get they get paid. Yeah. Um, and they go show down up. to spring training. Yeah, go down to spring training. Put on a uniform. It's always good to see some of the old vets at spring training. Some of the guys that have been there before, and then they'll show up at you know when they have a big client that's got. You know, the, the, a huge event at the ballpark, and they're writing a big check. We'll send Burt Blylevin in to greet and say hi to some of your mm-hmm. uh, some of your guests. Those type of things. So, but he's walking away. Trent, timing wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why in the middle of of the season would Burt Blylevin bag it? His contract is up, so this but isn't not something a, not in the middle of the season, right? right? You wouldn't think so. You would think this would, these contracts are written till the end of the regular season of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I do know his contract is up after this year. Why is it now? Listening to the broadcast last night, and 
kind of disappointed myself. I, I missed a lot of Game 7 that I normally would have seen last night with the Rockets Thunder. It was really good. Just because it was Burt's last time. And though I have my gripes with Burt Blylevin, it's still... Like an old I've, shoe. Yes, I've, I've listened to for two and a half decades yeah. now. Calling Twins games. Mm-hmm. He, he is a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And though I get frustrated, and I've heard the same story over and over and over <laughs> again. I'm also well, maybe guilty of doing that here on these very yeah, airwaves, but... It's my guy. Yeah. It's my guy. He brought a world championship to the Twins. Mm-hmm. I like Burt. Yeah. I like Circle Me Burt. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that can bring the family in. My wife was despondent last night. I told you she was watching just the day before. She rarely watches Twins games with me. At least she's actually watching if she's not on her computer or phone or something right. like that. And she goes, last night, we're not going to get Ellen Jack on TV with our Circle Me Burt signs. Mm-hmm. and. That that one hit me. So, so that it was, was the goal, huh? It was, absolutely. Yeah. And I had a buddy uh got circled years ago. This is probably oh, 10, 15 years ago, and it was a sign that said, Circle me Bert, I'm sober. And then his buddy next to him, Circle me dirt, I'm not. <laughs> and they got circled. And it, it's just it's a part of the broadcast. Yeah. You're missing that. You need that personality. And mm-hmm. so I stuck with it for a long time. But I thought it was very interesting right after the game ended. Bremer wraps it up, says his piece, uh, Twins win at 8-2, and throws it to Burt. And very terse, very... So not emotional at all? No. Didn't thank, did he thank the audience? Did he say anything he, about he his said, time in the broadcast thanks for Thanks for having me. And basically, that was it. Hmm? It was short. Yeah. It was succinct. And he mm-hmm. didn't sound real pleased. Oh. Then they go to the post game. Okay. They do in uh, Glenn Perkins is the guy that's in the studio mm-hmm. last with night. somebody with Marnie Gellner. Or? It wasn't Marnie. It was uh, the the other young lady. I can't Audra think of her Martin. Name. No, another one, a new one. Okay, I think they just started Fox Sports North this year. But they throw it back as they always do. Dick does his wrap up. They go over to Bert. He does his wrap up, and he he was a little more thankful and a little more open there. But was there any that, back and forth melancholy memories no, between Dick and Bert? Not really. That's. What's going on here, Trent? So I reached out to a media member in Minneapolis, yeah. and he told me that basically the Twins let him go. Wow. They they let him know that his in contract's the up. Of the year. His contract's up. We're not going to re-sign you. And Bert said, okay, I'm good then, and walked away. Weird. With four weeks left in the season. Yeah. Very, very odd the way this is playing out. Mm-hmm. You and I were speculating last night. Is it something health-wise? Yeah, I thought it must be sick. That would have made more sense than the way this is playing out here. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to... Well, I'm glad you watched the end because I was yeah. watching basketball after the game. And, and the game stunk. I mean, it, it the did. Twins blew them up. Well, it was a great game. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> right. about. It. Yeah. One of my favorite games of the year. And uh, I don't know. Kind of an interesting story, mm-hmm. but my one of my most vivid burp memories is something that I asked you before the show. You didn't remember I don't. him swearing on the air. How many years ago? Oh, this is back before Fox Sports North. This okay. is back in the syndication of, of you know affiliates Minneapolis, Southern Northern. See, I don't Iowa. Know, I don't remember how I watched Twin Games before Fox Sports North. We'd always get like a game a week. Is that what up it was? in North Iowa? That's what we'd get. Usually a Sunday game, and every once in a while, like a Thursday night game, we'd get something like that, or a Tuesday night game. So, how long's the Major League Baseball package been around? I think I've had it since the beginning. Yeah. But so is that how I watched them, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, probably. And I'm trying to think. of the, There's been all kinds of different kind of, before it turned into Fox Sports North. Yeah. Oh, man. Regardless of what it was. But this is way back. 15, 20 years ago, something like that. 
a young Anthony LaPanta who was just starting wow, at the time. The voice of the Minnesota Wild on yes. TV. He was uh, in the booth as they were getting ready for a game against the Yankees. Give a listen to Burple I-11. Joe Maurer, two for five so far in the series against uh, Jeter. We're going to do this f***ing thing over again because I just f***ed it up. Well, we're live. I didn't know that. Oh, it was a live hit. Bert didn't know that. I thought he was going to 3 2 1 and uh-huh. back to the tape. That's funny. Play that one more time. So, this is Anthony LaPanta. Yeah. I uh, don't it up know for the him. year exactly, though. No, right? no. But getting ready for. I mean, Jeter's involved. Mauer's involved. So, this would have been. Hard to say. Six, seven, eight, two thousand, right in that range. But uh, another listen. Joe Mauer, two or five so far in the series against uh, Jeter. We're going to do this f-ing thing over again because I just f-ed it up. <laughs> Well, we're live. I didn't know that. Apparently, you didn't. <laughs> oh, Bert. Oh man, that's good stuff. Uh, so, who put the beeps in there for you? Uh, Andrew Downs. He's big, good at that. A big thank you to AD. So, <laughs> I was sitting here. I don't know. It was ten minutes before we came on the air. I saw AD was sitting in the other studio. He does a lot more of that, and I asked him, "Hey, do you got thirty seconds to put this well, together?" He does, a, he does a weekly piece. For he does. Out loud, right? It's incredible. Oh, Bert. Circle me, Bert. Love that dude, and uh, sad to see him go away. You got me excited, though. You said Jim Cott might be doing some of the games. Yes, I saw. I saw some of the. uh, uh, Well, it's the same list, but Jim Cott's on it, and that was the one name that I hadn't seen more nose on it. You want to learn about baseball and pitching? Watch a Twins broadcast, even if you're not a Twins fan. When Cott's on the call, Trent, I I I listened to him do Yankee games for a long, long Mm -hmm. time. He was part of that. with um, oh god, I can't think of his name. The, Michael K. Make Michael K. Thank you. Yeah, Jim Cott's really good. Of course, a former twin and Jim yes. Cott as well. So, anyways, just real quick on this because this uh, Tom Seaver's a legend. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the best pitchers of all time. He really and truly is a uh, Hall of Famer. Um, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer. Of course, the uh, the Miracle Mets of 1969 broke into the league and just took over. Uh, took over. He's Mister Met. He will. It, it was then and is to this day. Um, the face of the New York Mets, and he had a oh, I don't even remember what a, a form of Alzheimer's apparently uh, that that takes its toll on the body as well, oh, not okay. just the brain. It starts with an L. I don't remember what it is, but um, yeah, and he fought that, and he'd been fighting it for some time. Uh, but Tom Seaver, one of the giants in the game of baseball over the um, over the air over the last, I don't know, I mean, Cincinnati, uh, the White Sox, of course, the, with the Mets. I think there was one more stop along the way. But Boston was his last was stop. Was that his last stop? Yeah, I, I, the, I wouldn't have got that, trend. The 86 Red Sox team, and, well, the numbers actually, looking at him, were okay. In a, in his final year? Yeah, he uh, though he went 5-7, and seven, he had a 3.80 ERA. Mm-hmm. Wasn't yeah. a disaster no. by any means. Pretty good for the forty-one-year-old at the time. Absolutely, bunch of won a bunch of Cy Youngs, and uh, man, oh man, he was good. Uh, lost his life at the age of seventy-five. Since we were talking baseball, uh, Tom Seaver. Good stuff on the Bird Bly Eleven. I don't remember that. I do not remember that. Uh, but uh, and thanks to Mike Mahon, by the way, yeah. who broke that uh, little scoopage on the Valley Dowling game that was going to be uh, broadcast on one of the ESPN. 
stations this weekend. Uh, both schools decided that they did not want the attention on that game. All right, let's do this. Uh, we're going to hear from Gary Swenson, one of those coaches, but you taped this prior yeah, yep. uh, to the, you taped this yesterday. So we'll hear Gary Swenson, state's biggest rival. We're going to talk horse racing uh, in this hour with Dick Girardi for a few minutes as well. Then we're going to play really get back to playing the hits. What does that mean? It's football. Uh, we'll hear from Vinny Iyer on the NFL and Bill Bender on college football. Kexano and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200-200. Right now, your chance to win $1,000. FAMILY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Valley Dowling coming up on uh, Friday night. So... Do you know in the back of your mind or maybe in the front of your mind, whoever wins the first game of the year? Yeah. Do they normally split? Do we know? Because I know Dowling's won obviously the seven in a row. Right. But they always, it seems like Valley's won the regular season game. I think Half of the time? I think it's it's at least three, and it might be four of these uh, seven championship seasons. Mm-hmm. Valley's got them during the regular season. So they haven't had the rematch as many times in the playoffs as you would think. Of course, last year it came in the title game. But, yeah, um, when it's happened, Dowling's got it. And just watching Dowling throughout the years, from what they are at this point of a season to what they become, mm-hmm. Everybody makes improvement. Sure. That, that's football, right? Unless injuries happen, whatever it is, you're going to make improvements over the course of the year. But from where they start to where they finish, that gap is as huge as anybody that mm. I've ever seen at the high school level. I've seen great programs. I played against Applington Parkersburg and Ed Thomas back in the day, and you see them and the way they play come playoff time. It was incredible to see. But this is a completely different level. You think of the coaching staff that Tom Wilson has. He's got coaches on there that have won state championships that are his assistant coaches. It's absolutely incredible what he does. And and to see that up close, I would say coming into this one, Valley's a favorite and a pretty substantial favorite probably in game one. But if we get a rematch in the playoffs... I wouldn't be going against Dowling. Yeah, it's, benefit it's, of the doubt, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's, it's a great rivalry, Trent. Uh, here's Gary Swenson. You had an opportunity to spend a few minutes with him yesterday. Both of these schools, by the way, uh, started their season slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started slow. Roosevelt was given Valley all they wanted, and Coach Kluver and the crew down in Indianola they were playing Dowling very tough. Uh, Trent caught up with both coaches. Tom Wilson's audio didn't work. Uh, here's Gary Swenson with Trent yesterday. Joining us right now, the head man for the Tigers, he is Gary Swenson. Coach, as you look back upon it, you mentioned you know, some new guys in the program. Rubley, of course, being the headliner that your quarterback. And you know, Jake, seeing him on the field, I'm sure just completely different. You see him on the practice field, you know he can sling it. But when the, the bullets are flying for the first time out there on a real field in a real game, your thoughts on his performance last Friday night? I thought he did well. I think everybody out there, including him, had a case of first-game jitters, and I'm sure they did too, but I thought he settled in. It's kind of hard to settle in when you're when you got people in your face every time you go to throw, but that got better later, and he adapted to what they were doing and 
you know, as good as he is, you you know, one guy can't win a game. I don't care what position you're playing. He needs help. And I didn't think in the first half that at any position offensively we were really at our best. But that that happens in, in game one oftentimes, especially against a good team. But I, I think he played pretty well. When he did, he hit some he hit some shots late that were really good throws, and he's he'll get better every week as well. And he, as he starts to work with the kids that we have, that that always improves week to week. So I'm hoping we see a big jump this week at everybody's level of performance. Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball, coach, and what you saw out of their performance. Uh, I saw a m- number of your guys' games last year. I loved watching to see your Washington play, but the group as a whole, what you thought out of the defensive effort? I thought they were really solid. I mean, we gave Roosevelt a lot of issues, just like they gave us. I think we're really good on the back end. I, I think we're good up front, and I think we're pretty young and inexperienced at linebacker, and I think that showed at times, but they're going to get better. They're going to get better just like everybody else is. What we'll see this week is just a much more physical downhill run game, and, and that'll test us. We're not real big, so I, it'll be a challenge for us to sit in gaps and, and play the run like we're going to have to play it. Well, let's uh, talk about the matchup with Dowling Catholic. You guys have been able to get them in the regular season a few times during this big run out of the Maroons. Ultimately, not come playoff time, though. But take us through what you've seen as you've looked at the Dowling tape from last week after they had to uh, hold off a pretty good Indianola squad in week one. Well, they're good as always. They're just solid. I mean, they're, they're big in both the defense and offensive line. They're well coached. You know, they, they tackle well. Uh it's pretty hard to find a weakness anywhere. That game at Indianola was much closer on the scoreboard than it actually was on the field. That's just my opinion after watching the film. But it, it, they're a good football team, just like just like they always are. They've got good players across the board. They're, they're deep. Their special teams are good because they've got tremendous backup players they can use there. So they, they'll be a handful for anybody that plays them. But – We've had success in the regular season. What has happened as we would progress any of those years, we just didn't have the necessary depth to either get to the rematch or to overcome the rematch. So I I, I, I think this will be a, a low-scoring game, you know, and I suppose as soon as I say that, it'll be a shootout. But <laughs> I don't think so. I think both defenses are solid, so I would expect it to be a, a, a closer lower scoring game than a lot of people might think. With that, Coach, uh, you've been a part of this rivalry now for a couple of decades. You know the importance to Central Iowa, and it's a rivalry that's known certainly across the Midwest. As you, you look at being a part of this and being part of the rivalry, what it means for West Des Moines, what it means for Central Iowa to be a part of this rivalry as you go into yet another matchup here in 2020. It's always a it's always a big game, maybe bigger outside of the two programs than within. I mean, obviously, both teams, it's a focused game. The week of that game, your players are they're pretty excited to play it. A lot of the things that made it the type of game it is is always the crowd, the enthusiasm of the people there, the, the full stadiums, no matter where it's played. That'll be a little different this year, but... Once the ball's kicked, I don't think the guys out on the field think about any of that. I think it's just a football game. So 
we can't ever make it bigger than it is. You know, I think it sometimes gets overplayed a little bit. It's still just a high school football game. Now, both programs have had tremendous success, so that creates a lot of interest. I think people like watching two good football teams play, and this game usually is pretty close, and sometimes the outcome is surprising compared to what people had anticipated, but it's a, it's a big game within both schools and in the West Des Moines community. So I, I, I just kind of try to take it on an even keel with our team because there's, there, there's no need to create a, a, a hysteria among your players like this is the end of the world if, if we don't win or an end all if we do win. You got to be able to recover either way and move on. You know, we're looking at four teams to follow that all could win state championships. So it, it's while it's a big game, it, it it's just another really good football team on our schedule. Well, this should be a great one Friday night. Coach, as always, good catching up with you. Deep into football here, the seven-game sprint through the regular season and the playoffs right after that. Going to be a fun one, and it's going to be a fun one Friday night. Thank you so much for your time, as always. Thanks, Brent. All right, there's uh, Trenta with uh, Gary Swenson. I have the utmost respect for Gary Swenson and Tom Wilson. They made the wrong call. This game should be on ESPN. ESPN wanted to be at Valley Stadium on Friday night, and they said no. I don't get this decision, Trent. The kids, can you imagine? Yeah, having the opportunity to play on ESPN. Play on ESPN? This was because of the fact that I'm convinced it's the... They don't want to talk about the transfers. Yeah. They'll take them willingly. But let's just let's, let's keep make this our little secret. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This yeah. is not a good look. Put the game on ES- ESPN wanted to be here. And they said no. And this season where... How long do you think it took... Um, so, so do you have any idea when this conversation began? When, when did ESPN reach out and say... A couple weeks ago. So it's within the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And... So sometime between then mm-hmm. and when did they s- say, no, this isn't for us? I think it was within a couple of days. when After the first initial inquiry uh, from ESPN yeah. came, I think it was a couple of days later where Dowling Valley said, thanks, but no thanks. I don't get the decision. I don't get it. And they want to keep it local, too. Eh, yeah, just said I know, a, I know. It's a huge game, man. And not as many people could obviously be in the stadium. Precisely. It's the perfect opportunity to do that. Watch it on your TV on HD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And these kids that'll never, ever. How many of these kids? Well, there's a few of them that yeah. should be on ESPN. But 5% of them that are playing this game, they could have had this game forever on ESPN. You know, going to commercial, coming back, welcome back to ESPN. We're at Valley Stadium for Valley Dowling. I was greatest high school rival. No, thanks. We're good. You can hear it on the radio. It's kind of <laughs> like I'm. The, Thanks a lot, Ken. Yeah, really. appreciate that. <laughs> uh, let's switch gears. We're really switch gears. Yes, we are. And do a little. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not into this derby. It's not, just not at all. But I wasn't in the NHL, and now I really am. That's true. Um, we're going to talk about the Kentucky Derby next with uh, Dick Girardi. Uh, tomorrow, Jason Luch at 11:05 will join us. Uh, one of the owners, a part of the Albaugh Family Racing Stable. Uh, he will join us uh, to talk about his horse, Thousand Words. Uh, we'll take a brief look at it with Dick Girardi next. Miller and Condon until noon in the 11 o'clock hour. College football with Bill Bender. NFL football with Finney Iyer. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 010.
Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. First Saturday in September, not the first Saturday in May, but the Kentucky Derby will be run this weekend. A field of 18, not 20, which is a rarity these days. Uh, Dick Girardi's covered the Derby for a long time. I believe maybe Smarty Jones put Dick on the map as far as uh, gotten national attention. Uh-huh. Am I right, Dick Girardi? Uh, my name's Ken Miller. My partner's Trent Condon. Uh, I believe you were all over the Smarty Jones story, if memory serves. It- yeah, that's certainly true, Ken. I mean, a horse from Parks, like 20 minutes from where I lived. Right. And, uh, yes, yeah, I, I think that was when we were still with Knight Ritter at the paper, and they were syndicating stories that were going all around the world. It was unreal. I was, at the, I was at the Kentucky Derby, and I was there on Belmont Day, and the, you could hear a pin drop uh, when, uh, oh, what's the name of the horse? Something bird ran by him. In the final hundred, yes, yeah. in, the, in the final hundred yards, and uh, and prevented the triple crown. Anyways, Dick, this is uh, 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 happy to have you on. This is, you know, I, the Derby to me has lost a little luster just because the favorites have dominated this race since they went to the point system, seemingly. And boy, oh boy, it sure seems like it's going to be very difficult uh, to bet against Tis the Law. Who starts at three to five, and we never see that in a derby, do we? But tis the law. He won the Belmont. Um, can he? I mean, they, they all get beat, as I've told many people on the air here. But boy, oh boy, he's going to take some beating to knock off tis the law. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He's going to be very, very difficult to beat. It is interesting. Remember, we went for like decades where a favorite couldn't win the derby. Right. Uh, now the favorites almost always win the Derby, uh, except for last year when they DQ'd the second favorite and put up a 50 to one shot. But that's another story. Uh, yeah, look, here's the law's resume dominates the field. Uh, he's got four grade one wins. Uh, the rest of the field has three combined. Uh, I, he's the first horse in history to win the combination of Champagne, Florida Derby, Belmont, and Travers. And that, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but. It's very different from what it would have looked like in May. Different horses, but the horses themselves are not nearly as developed as they as they uh, would be uh, now versus what they were, would have been in May. But interestingly enough, the horse that would have been the best horse in May has actually improved the most from May to September. That's just the law. So yeah, I think he's going to be almost impossible to beat. But it is horse racing, as you said. Weird things happen. Smarty Jones gets beat by Birdstone. Big Grand gets eased in the Belmont. Yeah. We see things we don't expect to see. But, yeah, I'd be very surprised because the law doesn't win. So uh, we have a, a horse with local connections here, the state of Iowa. Thousand words, uh, fourth choice right now out there. Your thoughts on that horse and maybe not a chance to win, but hit the board. Your thoughts overall on Thousand, thousand Words? Yeah, look, he's trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, obviously, if he's trained by Bob, that's enough. Uh, hmm. He's going for uh, record-tying six derby win he also has authentic great rider in florence Giroux, one of the best in the country that thousand words was a really really good two-year-old and then somewhere when 2020 started he just wasn't quite the same ran a couple of really like awful races you're going what is going on so they gave him a long time off his last race the shared belief he actually upset honor ap who's the second choice if he could come back to that race then he's going to have an opportunity, uh, if not the win, to certainly hit the board. But, yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a contender. Uh, I think probably fourth or fifth choice is about right. You know, Dick, if we're looking for 
I hate taking a free square and tis the law, but it just seems like you just can't bet against them, sadly. <laughs> but if you're looking for somebody to run underneath them, um, who, who's the second New York traffic? I'm trying to find somebody with a price. Maybe the exact is a little juicy because the pools certainly are going to be big. Uh, but if tis the law is on top, and if it's an, if it's an honor AP, the exactor in the Kentucky Derby is going to pay ten bucks for crying out loud. Who do you give me a couple of horses underneath that you'll be looking at? Yeah, that's the cool thing about having these big fields. There's obviously 17 horses that could run second in here, and all the exactors. Some of them are going to pay really well. I like two horses the most. I like I like NY Traffic. I love his price. He's twenty to one, and so that exact could maybe pay fifty. Yeah. Given that there's again uh, seventeen possible combinations underneath his the law, um, and I think every race, as you look at him this year, his buyer figure has gotten better every race. I don't think I've ever seen that from a, a three year old heading to the Derby. Up five points, up seven points, up six points, and then another six-point jump to 101 when he was a stride away from catching the favorite in the Haskell and Authentic. And the other horse I like who's a bomb is the 13 attachment rate. He's listed at 50-1. to one. Wow. His last race, he ran a really nice second to Art Collector, who would have been the second choice in here had he not gotten hurt on Monday and they didn't end up entering him. So, And I think he's got the right running style, like mid-pack closer. That's usually the kind you want for second. Also, some props out there. Uh, I know with BetOnline.ag, winning race time, uh, how long, how big the gap will be between the winner and the second place. Uh, anything jump out to you in, f- in front of the props here for the Derby? Yeah, the w- couple of them jump out. Uh, the over-under winning margin is a length and a half. Now, if, as we talked about, it, it is the laws of free space, he's going to win the race. Well, all of his wins, have been by three lengths or more. Oh, wow. He doesn't win close. He mm-hmm. wins by a lot. Uh, so I would go with the over on that one. Here's a good one. Will a Bob Baffert trained horse win the Derby? Uh, yes is plus 450 or 9-2. to two. And As you mentioned, 1,000 words and authentic. Mm-hmm. So you get two horses for the price of one at 9-2 to two for a guy who's won the Derby five times. Uh, so, yeah, they're two of many of the of interesting prop bets on uh, betonline.ag. Mm. Uh, very interesting. Um, what, how will we look at this horse, stick? I mean, obviously, the Belmont has already been run. It wasn't a mile and a half. It wasn't a five-week stretch. If, indeed, Tisdala goes on to win this race and then comes back and wins the Preakness, which is, I think, early October, correct? Uh, that they're, that they're going Saturday in October. Right, that they'll run that one. Uh, you're a longtime uh, writer. I've covered a bunch of derbies, been in the sports and secretariat uh, one. I snuck under the fence at Assiniboia Downs, and I never left until <laughs> Prairie Meadows said, you can't come back here and call the races anymore. So... Um, how will we view this? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it, it is so strange. It's such a strange year. But let's say he wins, uh, Tisalaw wins the Derby like he won the Belmont of Travers by open legs. And then does something similar in the Freakness. Then you're going to look back. All right, well, it was an extended period of time, June to October. But in the middle of that, he wins the Travers right. by a big number yeah. and looks great doing it. So that would be only one horse in history that's won the Triple Crown, has won a race in between. That was Citation in 48. He actually won the Jersey Derby on his way up to New York. Crazy. It was just, hey, why not win another race? Uh, But, yeah, it's not three races in five weeks. It's not a mile and a half Belmont. The the distances are different. The timing is different. But, man, if he can accomplish all that, that's a hell of a feat to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been around horse racing long enough to know, Ken, these horses are not machines. Mm -hmm. They don't stay good for that long. 
for a horse to get all the way through and come out the other side in October, uh, it'd be it'd be a triple crown for me. Yeah, it certainly would be the way the way he's doing it. That catches my attention. I love Derby Week, uh, Dick. I know you're probably the same way, although you're busier than I. Just get into the stable at the, at the crack of dawn or even before. So uh, Churchill Downs backstretch. It's uh, one of my favorite places in the entire world. Going to be different this year, but that's the world that we're living on. Bet Online AG Dick Girardi. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in September. Thanks, Dick. You got it. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dick Girardi on the Kentucky Derby. We'll hear from Thousand Words, one of the owners tomorrow at 11.05 in Jason Luch. So, Hiddle will be down. How significant do you anticipate it will be? The handle? Yes. Trent, I don't think there's any buzz for this. No. I just don't. It's the first Saturday in May. And just imagine if we would have had... programmed for that. The original Big Ten, ske- the Big Ten schedule that came out. Right yeah, before. right. We'd be talking about Iowa, Maryland. We'd be talking about a full slate of games. No, I don't want to hear from Dick Girardi, Trent. Just yeah, tell right. Thanks for thanks anyways, but we don't need him. Yeah, we wouldn't have time for it. Right. But we do this week because mm-hmm. the college slate, though, it gets started tonight what? again. Do you have an opinion? Is that what you're saying? Well, I will have an opinion. I haven't, really yet? Okay. I haven't dug into it yet. By the end of the show, I'll, I'll let people know where I am. South Alabama traveling to Southern Miss to Hattiesburg to take on mm. the Eagles of Southern Mississippi. I bet with both fists on the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. I come out firing, and I don't even think that I'm going to crack the racing form. No. I'll watch the race, but I don't I just just the law's going to win. It's a cinch. Well there you go. Yeah you're in good shape. Money. Can't make any money. You could always if you win you make money. Well I guess. It's no <laughs> fun betting favorites. I just hate betting favorites. And he's an overwhelming favorite. We will uh come back and uh get into football next. Vinny Ayers, his forecast for the NFL season was posted online at sportingnews.com earlier this morning. We will speak with Vinny Ayer. Bill Bender from the Sporting News on college football. Is there anything to this Big Ten October tenth rumor? Come on, sir, yeah. Be right, kid. We'll ask Bill Bender about that. Trent and I, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.